RadioInfluence.com. The future is now. Welcome to America's Most Positive Podcast, The Jim Fannin Show. Be it life, business, sports, or any other facet of your life that you want to improve, Jim can help you become your best, most authentic self. Now, here is your host, the coach of champions, Jim Fannin. Hello, everyone. This is Jim Fannin. Welcome to The Jim Fannin Show. Are you ready to eliminate some bad habits? You know, we've all acquired a few habits from our childhood, and maybe they're still with us today. And I'm going to go down through a checklist, and if you find anything on that checklist that you do that keeps cropping up over and over, well, we're going to eliminate these bad habits, and hopefully you don't have any. But if you do, they will be gone. So why are we doing this? You've had these bad habits for a long time. Because we have less than a half a year, less than six months to be our genuine, authentic, best self in 2019. I know you have a vision for your primary arena of your life. That doesn't mean it's the most important in your life, but typically the primary arena is your career, your job. That's uh, the part of your life, a student athlete. Uh, This is a primary arena that you spend an inordinate amount of time, money, and energy on. If you do have some bad habits, it will thwart uh, your pathway, uh, block your pathway, be the challenge that can get in the way of accomplishing these goals. Champions eliminate bad habits. Knowing why we do what we do Well, that can unlock your human potential. It's a lifelong quest for most of us. Uh, Answers uh, uh, to some questions that will help determine who we are. And it's this sense of knowing that's purposeful, and eventually it can be very peaceful and very calming to know you, your best friend. And this quest seems to really accelerate as we move into and past middle age, finding answers about who am I. It will require repetitious and serious introspection. So let's go through a few guidelines. And again, this show uh, is about peak performance. It's about getting into a purposeful, calm zone state of peak performance so that you can reach your visions and goals in all aspects of your life. But let's focus today on that primary arena. You know, all of us, we've had events or circumstances or conditions that impacted us in major ways from the time we were born until we were five years old. That's 60 months. Uh, Those are defining months about who you are and eventually why you do what you do. These were the formative years in your development. And, and your earliest experiences, well, they had major impact on the rest of your life. Now, I'm not here to go back into the past and lay down on the couch and let's take a deep dive in what you were thinking, feeling uh, when you were three. That's not what it's about. But maybe you were abandoned for only eight minutes in a supermarket. I remember once I was uh, left at a diner with a whole bunch of people in the car and everybody drove off and I had gone to the bathroom and they left me. And I, I remember a little bit of panic and terror and a feeling of loss. 
Uh, I think I was five. That's still indelibly etched in my brain. Well, that event, it could stay buried for a lifetime. But the residue of those feelings that occurred, well, it can be triggered into the future without you knowing why. That sense of abandonment. Maybe you got dropped from um, a bed, a couple of feet, landed on your head. Well, that's not a great height, but at three, that's still a pretty significant fall. And maybe that's why you're afraid of heights. We could have been badly misunderstood and consequently found ourselves on the other side of yelling and berating or even physical abuse. But all we wanted was a hug, a piece of candy, or go to the bathroom. We've had adults in our childhood promise us they would take us somewhere they forgot. Seemed insignificant to them, but as a big deal to you. You may have cried yourself to sleep at night because of this disappointment or heartache or seeming abandonment or loneliness or a myriad of other feelings that were not positive. Of course, we also gone to sleep with the opposite. Pleasure, happiness, contentment. That's the ultimate. You know, it's negative feelings as a kid that are buried in the deepest confines of your mind. Well, like landmines, they're buried beneath the surface and they remain in our lives even through adulthood. And some have been manifesting into our bad habits. So how many landmines are under the surface waiting to be stepped on by a spouse or significant other, a brother, a sister, a a parent, or maybe a business association, or maybe a friend? How many times do we trigger these landmines ourselves? So without going back via hypnosis and understanding what happened to you as as a kid to become more aware of your negative ways... Let's just walk through a checklist of potential possible bad habits. And maybe if one of them is uh, resonates, check it and let's see if we can make a change. And right now, I don't want you to concern yourself with why they happened or why they developed. I just want you to be aware. What can we eliminate to help us reach our goals? And we're looking to eliminate negative things that hold us back, or we go two steps forward and one step back. Now, hopefully, uh, in this list, you've got none of these negative habits. Hopefully. So, picking your nose is not on the list, hopefully. So, choose the habit that, that you want to eliminate. Well, let's talk about the big one, procrastination. Are you a procrastinator? You probably learned that to be in a zone state, this mindset, if you wait to the last minute, that will trigger serious stress, and that self-imposed stress by procrastinating will result in a more narrow focus and a sense of urgency. And you might have your best work here. You may do your best. Man, woman, we're at our best when things are at at its worst. You've also learned this method, uh, uh, that this method of uh, procrastination, it's exhaustive and it doesn't always work. Are you tired of being on the performance roller coaster of highs and lows? Well, you might be a procrastinator. Wouldn't it be nice to eliminate procrastination? 
How about tardiness? Are you always late? Have you had anybody say, were you born late? Were you late coming out as a baby? You know, you're always in a rush. You're always in a hurry. Somebody says, be there at nine. I'll be there at nine. And you start to get ready at 10 till nine. And and you're late for everything. And in fact, your tardiness is legendary. It's even evoked jokes like, I'll bet she'd be I'll bet she'll be late for her own funeral. Is that you? Are you always late? That's a habit. And that can definitely get in the way of you reaching your visions and goals for this quarter and this year. How about jealousy? That's a negative habit. Someone looks at your significant other the wrong way or the right way in terms of uh, giving them some uh, confidence and praise, and they're paying just a little too much attention, and you can tell that your significant other doesn't mind the little quick adulation, but boy, the green monster of jealousy, it can rear its ugly head, and it's ugly. You can feel the tightness in your chest at the thought of another person infringing on your territory? Oh, no way. And your imagination is definitely not your friend when this occurs. Are you jealous? That's going to impact your relationship arena. How about entitlement? I hear that word a lot, your sense of entitlement. Now, they can have a head-on collision with reality that you may not get your way. Refuse me? Seriously? Refuse me? What's that all about? I mean, this can infuriate you. And it could send you into a a blind rage. The entitlement. Or do you have an ostrich bad habit? At an early age, you learned that, you know, I could hide under the pillow, I can hide under the bed, I'll, I'll get under the covers, I'll go in a closet when I don't get my way. And maybe, maybe this will just go away what I don't want. If I don't see it, I don't have to deal with it. So in a confrontation, do you run and hide? Do you totally avoid it? I don't want confrontation. I don't like confrontation. I'm going to hide from it. Is the ostrich in you? Is that a bad habit? Oh, if I don't get my way, I'm going to make you pay. Ooh, this also stems from entitlement. So you think to yourself, criticize me, I'll punish you. I'll refuse to eat. I'll refuse to talk. And if you're feeling a little amorous and maybe a little frisky and you're rejected, you immediately go on an affection strike. I'm going to punish you with a cold shoulder. No matter how amorous you may become, you'll see how it feels. We actually do this. We actually do this. If I don't get my way, you're going to pay. And it's silent. But you'll blow someone off and give them the cold shoulder. Or you might have swift retaliation. You get hit, I hit back. This tit-for-tat confrontation, it typically results from being criticized. You hurt me, I'll hurt you back immediately. You put me down, I'll flip it, and I'll put you down. I'm not the only one that's late. Remember last week when you were late for our date night? You were late. Wow, retaliation. Well, that's used to protect fragile egos. Do you retaliate swiftly without thinking? It typically results in something not positive. Are you the master of sarcasm? You know, so many of us, we wield 
sarcasm like a sword. But that's a bad habit. I'll cut you with my soft, my sharp-tongued barbs so that you will back away and leave my fragile self alone. Sarcasm. Putting someone else down. We wield it like a sword. But that's just to protect you. Do you use sarcasm? Is that a bad habit? Maybe you're the ego fountain, you know, like a fountain constantly spewing water into the air. An ego fountain sprays all the positive things you're going to do but not have done yet. You haven't done it. You brag about it. You boast about it. You may even create a fictitious picture, not always based on reality. And it, that stems from this ego mentality. This is a definite sign of a lack of confidence and insecurity. Do you have an ego fountain? How about indecisive? That's a bad habit. The ability to decide a course of action. Well, if you have an inability to decide a course of action, that probably stems from a lack of confidence and positive self-esteem. That's the O in the word score, your low optimism. I just can't make up my mind. You know, it's at this moment that we typically look for others to help with our decision-making. You know what? It's time to get decisive. If this is a bad habit, we need to eliminate this. Be decisive. Can't say no. That's a bad habit. Always saying yes to the possibility of a meeting, future engagement, a commitment. that, That typically originates from a strong desire to be liked. Then we spend ridiculous amounts of time backing out at the last minute. No, make that the new yes. Justification. We need to make excuses. I can't make it tomorrow because, you know, I'd love to go, but this need to regurgitate every reason why you can't make it. Again, that results out of your need to be liked. Most of the time is simple. I can't make it. That's it. The answer is no, I can't make it. I have a commitment. That's enough. Do not qualify it. But maybe that's a habit. Really, no reasons necessary. How about the self-put-down? That's a negative habit. That's a number one defense mechanism of all mankind. At an early age, uh, well, you learn to be mean to yourself so people that you love won't be mean to you. I'm such an idiot. Self-sabotaging statements placed on yourself, that's a feeble attempt at trying to get someone in power to give you a hug or a pat on the back. I'll put myself down so that people that love me and care about me won't. But that's a habit. And it's learned at age four and five, but you can have that at 35, 45, or 55. How about the compliment fishing? You know, you kind of steer the conversation towards something you're good at, and you cast your line in the water hoping to catch a compliment about the awesomeness of yourself. What's that old joke? Well, enough about me. Let's talk about you. So what do you think about me? It's always coming back about me. You're looking for them to give you a compliment. We know that's a sign of low optimism, low confidence. How about just being messy? You know, last week we talked about seeables. The things that we see that we need to clean up, uh, our bedroom, our sink. Well, messiness originated as a form of rebellion to authority, discipline, and order. So many of us, I mean, messy room at age five, 
Well, that could result in a messy room at age 35. Don't you think it's time to have a little order in your life? If this is you, I bet you wouldn't want people to look in your closet or under your bed or in the back seat of your car. Messiness, we've talked about that on the show. Clean up your sibles. How about the bad habit of the rearview mirror? This one's learned typically from mom and dad. You know, your parents are always brought up the past. I told you not to do that. Evaluating, critiquing everything that you did. Unfortunately, they brought up the same thing over and over and over again. And you hated it. Carry out the garbage. Clean up your room. Make your bed. Do your homework. Constantly going over the past. Now it's 25 years later. You're doing the same thing to your own family, to your friends and your kids. Constantly bringing up the past. Come on. It's time to remove the rear view mirror. Stay out of the past. How about just eating too fast? That's a habit. I mean, if you're a part of a family of 10 people, you learn to eat real fast before the food's gone. Okay, I get that. But you may have also learned to eat fast so that you would be excused from the table more quickly because you didn't want to be around the adult conversations. Whatever the reason, eating fast is going to do a few things. It's going to put extra pounds on your body, unnecessary ones. Uh, It can cause uh, stomach issues, indigestion, definitely. And it can even make you oblivious to other people that you're dining with. This is a habit. We need to change. Put your fork down between bites. Little tip du jour on eating too fast. Maybe you smoke too much, drink too much, eat too much, and swear too much. I have coached someone to eliminate cursing. That was the top of the list. He had made a checklist. He swears too much and causes some people in some circles to cringe. He eliminated that. No names mentioned, but if you're listening... Kudos to you. Congrats. Overindulgence in uh, any of these habits. Uh, Well, that can cause a myriad of challenges. So avoiding or eliminating any or all of these, that's the focus of the champion. Moderation. How about the bad habit of your phone being tethered to you? Always allowing your phone to control your thoughts. That's a bad habit. Feeling the need to constantly check your email, text, or your social media, those are intrusions. It's going to shorten your attention span. That habit needs to be broken. Maybe you're creative. Maybe you got a zillion ideas, and they're all in your mind, and a few have even made their way to paper, you know? You're actually printing something out. But here we go again. That project never was completed. How many half-baked ideas do you have tucked away unfinished right now in your mental and physical cabinet and files. How many? And so before finishing one, you've already begun another and then another. You're an idea machine. Is this you? This is a bad habit. It's time to finish what you start. So I've knocked off a few bad habit possibilities. Do you have any of these? Which of the above ones that I've mentioned, which ones are getting in your way of success Now, I want you to eliminate one of them. You choose. If you've got a lot of them, we'll tackle them. But we need to do it one at a time. Why are we doing this? 
It's to get you one step closer to being your genuine, authentic best self. But first, you got to commit to making a positive change. Commit. Second, you got to acknowledge that you possess a negative habit and that I'm committed to changing it. Next, fix one negative habit at a time. Tackle the one that negatively impacts you the most in your life, business, or sport. What one habit can I eliminate? And then you need to be aware in real time when this habit reveals itself. Acknowledge it immediately once it's been tripped by yourself or by someone else. Acknowledge it. Catch yourself before you embark on a negative action or response to that habit. And then replace that negative habit with what you want. you got to envision this in finished state. Eliminate what you don't want. Yes, I, I know you said you don't want to be late. So what do you see? You don't see not being late. You see yourself being on time. So flip it around with what you want. See yourself with great speech, not eliminate swearing. State what you want, not what you don't want. And state that affirmation directed right directly to the uh, negative habit. I am on time. I eat slowly. I close. So if you have any of the above negative habits, it's probably taken you years to master it, don't you think? It's taken a long time. So how long will it take to bury and eventually replace these negative habits with positive, healthy habits? I believe, and I expect, that you can accomplish this in 10 days. I know the reports, it takes 60, 70 days to change a habit. I don't believe that. I believe you can do it in 7 to 10 days. But this time frame of less than 10 days... That's going to require mass quantities of repetition. That's why you take one at a time. Specifically, you must see the reverse of this behavior every night before you go to sleep. See yourself decisive within the last 30 minutes tonight. And when you awake in the morning, don't get out of bed yet. Go to the bathroom. See yourself how you want to be. Now, for most people, this amount of time... I don't know why, but it seems like it's just too much to invest to change a habit. But I encourage you, give this your best shot. You can do this. It's these landmines. It's these negative habits that seem to always get in your way from accomplishing your goals and making your dreams come true. Champions eliminate these bad habits. Let's get busy on this. And now I've got to change gears here. I want to talk to um, graduates that have graduated from college. Uh, You're embarking on a job. Maybe you already have one. Or maybe you're changing careers. So here's a couple of tips. Harness your ego. Now, there's two types of performance mentality. They're ego-based performance and growth-based. Ego-based leaders, workers, they got a sense of entitlement. They judge, they compare. Improvement's moderate at best with this kind of mentality. A growth-based mind, well, that person's improving every day. They've eliminated jealousy 
and the role of the victim. So it's this mentality. It's got a thirst for learning. So uh, only have one motto. I'm improving every day. No victim, no judge. You got to look the part also. Physically look the part. I I take every dime available and invest in a success wardrobe. I mean, the last thing you want to look like is a college student uh, or someone that doesn't have a job. So you may need to seek guidance from an expert. Uh, You don't need to buy your clothes where the CEO buys uh, his or her clothes, but you need to come close. I'd purchase shoes that the VP of sales would wear. And again, you're not trying to look cool. You're trying to look polished, savvy, ambitious, professional. Let your wardrobe reflect self-discipline, concentration, optimism, relaxation, and enjoyment. You want to stand out with your mind and let your wardrobe reflect your confidence. Uh, you got to look the part. Dress rehearse every day. I mean, the motto, never have a day you haven't already had. Don't just go in blind. Plan by relaxing, quieting your mind the night before, and mentally create a short little macro movie of your next day. See three things you want to accomplish, no more than that. See them in finished state, and use all your mental faculties of sight, touch, smell, taste, feel to help create that realistic movie in your mind. This is seeing it as it will be, as if it's so. Let's talk about influence. If you're being interviewed, what do you want the interviewer to think when you walk away from the office? Obviously, you want them to think, that person's awesome. We need to hire her or him. Understand that your thoughts influence the interviewer. What do you want your boss to think every day about you when you've left the job? What these people think about you when you're not there That's the challenge. So be inquisitive in the interview. Interview the interviewer about the company. Prepare a list uh, that you memorize. For example, um, ask about the long-term vision of the company. Understand how you're an integral part of something greater than yourself. Be inquisitive in a positive way. That's going to set you apart from everybody else. Take notes wherever possible. Journal each interview and each day uh, that you have at the workplace. Journal it. With this mindset, you'll start to influence the thoughts of the people that will and can make a difference in your career. Let's talk about respect. Everybody that works for a company, you, you want respect, but respect is earned. It may take a long time. Losing respect, well, unfortunately, that can happen in a second. But the best way to garner respect in the workplace is to give respect to people who came before you. What does that mean? Know the history of the company. Know the traditions of the company. Be aware of the processes that the company has in place. Don't take them for granted and don't judge them without contemplation. Be mindful of the manners and the protocol that are in the current workplace. It's little things that earn respect. Stand up when somebody enters your workspace. Stand up every time. Look people in the eye long enough to discern eye color. Definitely in the first 90 seconds. Memorize everyone's name. 
That should be day one. Use their name when you speak with them. Bob, is that right? Absolutely. Mary, thank you so much. Use their name. Listen without interrupting. Nod in understanding their point of view. I didn't mean you agree, but you acknowledge that I get it and I understand. When you increase your own respect within a company, your paycheck's going to get bigger, guaranteed. Pay attention to detail. Be the MVP of the office. You make everyone better. It's okay to let everyone have their credit. It's going to happen. But review all your work at least twice. You don't assume anything. Check it. Double check it. Be fastidious. Pay attention to detail. And I I guess for a long-term career, you got to be an expert at something. Come on, we're still in a supply and demand world. Volunteer for every project in a company. Learn everything from top to bottom. And then when your passion's ignited about something, well, maybe you found that path of expertise. This is where you really hone your skills. The best in the world are an expert at at least one thing. Do your homework. That's another. When the workday's finished, well, your job's just begun. Research everything about the industry, the competition, the company history, the customers. Do your due diligence. Study, study, study. That's how you shortcut the need for experience. And then you got to start launching your network. You got to memorialize everybody you meet in the workplace. Keep great records of everyone you meet in interviews. Uh, This is even your parents' friends, your teachers' recommendations, class project group members, anyone that's already in the business world. Launch that network and make it your database. That's a gold mine. And you'll be able to dig the gold in the, within the next 20 years. Stake your claim to each of these contacts and find a reason to get in touch with them on a regular basis. Build your personal database. I got to talk about social media. Yeah, it's great. Great form of communication. However, for everybody or friend that goes to your page, there, there may be a vice president or CEO that can do the same. You're not in college anymore, so you got to avoid the obvious profanity, off-color innuendos, pictures of you in a sombrero with four semi-nude humans from Cabo. I would not have that on my social media. It's pretty cool in high school and college, but getting a job in the workplace, eliminate that. And I know you want to be the best that you can be, and I know you want to dig a giant income stream out of your new career. But don't forget, all work and no play, that's going to make you pretty dull. You need to have some balance in your life. And you got to keep your chin up. Not one person in your company should see you in a down moment. None. Next, and near the last, you're going to be hired and you're going to be paid to work. Now, your boss and the other leaders, they were hired, but they're paid to think. Know this. Tell your interviewer when appropriate that you look forward to honing decision-making skills as well as learning to influence the thoughts within and without your company. So see if your company has this type of decision-making training. Learn to think on the job. That's going to be invaluable as your career advances. 
Be decisive with your thoughts. That's going to take you a long way. And be patient while learning how to think like a champion. And last, good fortune favors the bold. It does. You're launching a new career, not just getting a J-O-B. Let's go, graduates. And if you're changing careers, hopefully a few of these tips will give you an edge in the marketplace. So now let's, uh, let's go to the Zone Cafe. You know, this we're cooking in the cafe. I discovered five markers that when they're stable and they're balanced at a high level collectively, that's where the purposeful, calm feeling of the zone, that's where the windows of your six senses, that's when it is revealed. And there's some pretty amazing six sense attributes. If you can harness them by thinking less, not more, but also by having these five markers, simple, stable, balanced. They are self-discipline, commitment, willingness to stay with a task to reach a well-defined goal, concentration. We need that in life, in business, in sports, being able to focus one thing at a time. Forget the multitasking. Finish what you start one task at a time. Focus mental and physical energy. Third, optimism. Show me someone confident. Show me someone not confident. And they both have the same experience, same talent. The confident one's going to make more money. It's real simple. Everybody wants to be around a confident person. It's intoxicating to be around confident people. Confidence, optimism. And then you've got relaxation. Are you cool, especially when the money's on the table? Free from worry and anxiety? How's your relaxation level? And enjoyment, that's the fifth marker, the end product of the system itself, the score system, but also the word. Do you love what you do? And do you love overcoming challenges? So we're cooking up big batches of S-C-O-R-E, Pulling up to the drive-in right now. So what do you need? What do you need going forward? What do you need to help you break those negative habits? And what do you need to ensure that the goals and the vision you've set for the rest of 2019, oh, they're going to be met? Right now, I'm ordering even more optimism. And I'm very optimistic. I'm very confident. But you can't have too little of it or or too much. I, I need it. Not arrogance, not overconfidence, not false bravado, just confidence in the next, next task, the next goal. There's where you need to be confident. I need to be confident in the next performance, the next day, my next move. And one step at a time, that's going to take you to a vision. Let's do it. 2019's coming off that calendar. Quickly, every morning, she wakes up at dawn and immediately walks to her garden. It's her first thought when she wakes up. This garden gives her great satisfaction and pleasure. Roses, daffodils, lilacs, orchids, mums, ivy, honeysuckle, ferns, violets, moss, and more adorn a good portion of her land. Each of these creations, each of these plants 
Well, they'd been well planned and well thought out. Now, on the other parts of her plot of land, she's cultivated seasonal vegetables and fruits. She is self-sufficient. She grows what she needs. She grows what she wants. Season to season, her routines are calculated and steadfast. And she thinks quietly to herself, sunshine? Now that's God's work. Water? Well, I can help there a little bit. I can help my garden with water. Pruning? Now that's God's work with a storm or two. But the rest? Now that's up to me. Tilling the soil? Now that's all me. Animal intruders? Well, that's God's work. However, I can fence them out or scurry them off without harm. Planting new seeds, that's all me. Pulling the weeds, me. Harsh weather, that's God's work. Now how I react to the harsh weather, that's all me. Removing tiny unwanted stones, that's me. How about the soil? Oh, that's God's work, but I can't fertilize it. Part me. How about frost? God's work. How about covering the garden before a frost? Oh, that's all me. Harvesting the literal and figurative fruits of my labor. That's me. This is my garden, she says. I am the gardener. And just before sunset, she sits on an antique garden bench carved from stone. Peace, tranquility permeates the air. And all of her senses are aroused at the beauty of her garden. This is her sanctuary. This is her safe house. There are no intrusions here. Stillness, that's the music in the air. She loves her garden. She is the gardener. Now, your mind is a garden. Anything can be planted there. Anything can grow in that mental garden. Weeds or beautiful flowers, well, they can grow equally. But you need to be the gardener of your own mind. You need to work it. And if you do that, it'll flourish. You need to cultivate it. I guess you could let it run wild. You know, that's up to you. I do know if you leave it unattended, it could die. You can keep it all natural or you can poison it with chemicals. You can invite others into the garden or you can just have it for your own solitude. Are you the gardener of your mind? Do you provide the water and fertilizer needed for mental full bloom? Do you till your mind by removing the weeds of negativity? And that's getting rid of those bad habits we talked about. Do you prune the thoughts that can cause your dreams to wither and die? Do you provide the needed mental sunshine with a relentless optimism and dogged positivity? Do you fence out the negative intrusions? Do you protect your mental garden from the pestilence of hatred, racism, prejudice? Do you deserve the abundance that a beautiful mental garden can provide? Have you put in the work? Have you nurtured the tiny seeds of hope that potentially bloom into reality? Are you ready to reap the rewards of a passionately well-attended mental garden? If you choose, it can be an everyday occurrence, a bountiful harvest of happiness 
peace and tranquility await you. You are the gardener. Until next week, I'm Jim Fannin. I coach champions. That's why I'm with you. Be in the zone, everybody. It's the only place to be. This has been America's Most Positive Podcast, The Jim Fannin Show. Get more of Jim's knowledge, experience, and tips, as well as what's coming up on the show now at jimfannin.com. And make sure to follow Jim on Twitter, at Jim Fannin. This has been The Jim Fannin Show on Radio Influence. Radio Influence strives to bring you excellence in podcasting. We work with personalities like TV chef Brian Duffy, radio personalities like Ian Beckles, news and political pundits like independent journalists Frank and Tracy Beans, experts from the sports world like veteran football scout and coach Chris Landry, pro wrestling personality David Penzer, MMA experts Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan, and strength and conditioning coach Jeff Crochell. If you're looking for food, sports, music, entertainment, politics, no matter the topic, Radio Influence has something for everyone. Everyone. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.